Welcome to Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series in the hospitality tabletop industry. Hosted by Dave Turner, Seat Yourself is 15 to 20 minutes of what's happening in the world of hospitality tabletop. Dave is the globally known chief evangelist and editor for tabletopjournal.com. A non-traditional journalist, Dave has spent nearly 30 years as a sales and marketing executive in the world of hospitality. This podcast was originally published on the week of July 8th and runs for approximately 25 minutes. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to our weekly Seat Yourself podcast. As most of you know, I'm Dave Turner, and I'm your host here at Seat Yourself. And Seat Yourself is where every week we bring you 15 to 20 minutes of what's happening in the world of hospitality tabletop. And this week, before we get started, I'd like to remind you that each and every week we are brought to you in part by the Edward Don and Company. Edward Don and Company, everything but the food for nearly 100 years. This week on Seat Yourself, We've got the latest news on consolidation in the U.S. food service sector and some good news in the future of luxury hotels. And then we've got some great new product news from a couple of global tabletop leaders. And of course, we have the lovely and the talented Shannon Talon, the famed tabletop and buffetware category manager from the Edward Don and Company. And this week, Shannon and I will be discussing table linens and their future. And as usual, Shannon takes this discussion in an interesting direction that you won't want to miss. So that's it. Time to sit back and relax, and let's get this hot and steamy, and today, even a little bit rainy as well, July episode of Seat Yourself Underway. And of course, at Seat Yourself, we always start with our stat of the week, and this week's stat of the week is 16.5%. That's the percentage of overall in-store sales that food service sales and prepared foods account for at America's convenience stores. And that number doesn't even include hot coffee, Slurpees, or any of your favorite fountain drinks. All this according to Tacoma, Washington-based Food Service Solutions Group. And while restaurants continue to raise their prices, C-stores have helped keep prepared food prices very stable, making them increasingly more competitive. And C-Stores have introduced unique mix-and-match meals that are less expensive and better able to compete directly with restaurant pricing. And according to Food Service Solutions, the two most important factors for shoppers when purchasing prepared foods at C-Stores are price and food quality. In a recent study of convenience store customers asking why they shopped for prepared foods at convenience stores showed exactly that. 62% cited price and 49% cited quality. So the competitors for the traditional restaurant business, they just keep on coming. And believe us when we say the convenience store segment is a very able competitor. Led by location leader 7-Eleven with 9,200 locations and Circle K with over 8,300 locations, you combine that with quality leaders like Wawa, they've got 800, 800 plus locations, and Sheets with another almost 600 locations around America, Convenience stores are definitely seeing the prepared foods category as a growth driver, both in terms of sales and profitability. In fact, when it comes to Simply Locations, CSP Magazine, which covers the convenience store segment, tells us that the top five convenience stores in America, they have over 25,000 locations. And it's not just convenient in terms of number of locations. The C-Store channel overall has upped its game in terms of offering better-for-you foods. And importantly, the C-Store option has become increasingly more price competitive than the traditional restaurant sector. So, now let me see now. Number one, they're on every corner. I can get in and out easily, allowing me to continue with my never quite enough time in my daily schedule. 
Number two, they're now offering healthier food options and often more healthy than the typical QSR restaurant offers. And number three, now they're close in price to the cost of stopping and eating in a traditional sit-down restaurant. Hmm, I guess that's why they call them convenience stores. Another competitor gaining ground against the traditional restaurant format. And now, prepared foods account for 16.5 of in-store sales at the convenience store segment. And that's our stat of the week. And now, in our lead news story this week, Richmond, Virginia-based Performance Food Group has recently agreed to acquire privately held Reinhardt Food Service based in Rosemont, Illinois, in a deal valued at over $2 billion. Consolidation within the food service supply chain sector seems to be just continuing on and on. The deal combines the third largest, PFG, with the fifth largest, Reinhardt, U.S. food service distributors, according to data firm Technomic. According to George Holm, PFG Chairman, President, and CEO, we are excited to announce the strategic acquisition of Reinhardt, and we welcome them to the Performance Food Group, he said in a news release. Holm continued on by saying, we believe the addition of Reinhardt and its complementary strengths will expand Performance Food Service's broadline presence. With 26 distribution centers, Reinhardt has annual net sales of more than $6 billion. PFG, with more than 80 distribution centers and well over $20 billion in sales, also focuses primarily on the food service sector. And according to some sources, at least some of the reasoning behind the deal centers on the sector of independent restaurants. Distributors have focused more attention on this group lately, which is growing and more potentially more lucrative. Reinhardt Food Service is no exception. But PFG's home believes that his company will be able to help the distributor more effectively tap into this lucrative group of customers. According to Home, they have appropriately spent a good bit of time redoing their warehouse network, reworking their customer base, and repositioning themselves for better growth among independents. But it is still a company that continued through that period of time to show, although very modest, growth with independents. And we feel that we've got some sales processes that can help them with that growth among independents. Meanwhile, J. Christopher Reyes, Reyes Holdings co-chairman, they're the owners of Reinhardt Food Service, also commented, We are excited to partner with PFG, and we believe this acquisition provides meaningful benefits to our customers and expanded opportunities for our employees. PFG has a solid record of growth and leadership in our industry. We believe our strengths and the strong cultural connection of our companies that we share will continue, show continued support for success for many years to come. The transaction, which has to be approved by the Board of Directors of PFG and the governing body of Reinhardt, is subject to U.S. federal antitrust clearance and all other conditions. The deal is expected to be closed by the end of the year, according to the release. And so, the consolidation of distribution within both the food and the non-food side of the hospitality industry continues. And in our next news story of the week, here's a bit of good news from the U.S. high-end hotel business and for those who are suppliers to it. According to a recent article in Hotel Management Magazine, the number of luxury hotels in the United States is set to rise. This comes from a new report titled Destination Market Insights U.S. from the research firm Global Data. According to the report, the U.S. by end of this year will have 1,067 luxury hotels, and that figure is expected to increase to 1,123 hotels by the year 2022, showing an annual compound growth rate of 1.7%. So what's driving the growth in the top end of the U.S. hotel sector, you say? Well, according to Global Data's report, that growth will be driven in large part by the increasing numbers of Chinese tourists. 
Chinese tourists are a high-spending source market, and their visitation numbers to the U.S. have been growing in recent years, according to the magazine article. And according to the Global Data Report, luxury hotel companies such as Four Seasons Hotels and Resorts state that China is their second largest source market. The report also shows that revenue from Chinese travelers has increased steadily for Four Seasons, with double-digit growth coming in, in revenue in recent years. Additionally, the average spend per inbound tourist in the U.S. is expected to trend upward as well. From 2016 through 2018, the average expenditure has risen annually 3.2% and is now over $2,700 per spend. And another source for high-end hotel growth is the fact that luxury hotels are increasingly being constructed in up-and-coming areas that may not necessarily be located in tourist hotspots, according to the report. For example, a Nobu Hotel and a Huxton Hotel property both will open this year in Chicago in the Meatpacking District, an industrial area that is undergoing a rapid transformation. Spokesperson for the Global Data said, company said that the trend of luxury hotels opening in once industrial or downtown areas within large cities will definitely continue. Luxury consumers are moving away from standardization as the millennial marketplace grows in size, he said. Old industrial and downtown areas within cities often provide a vibrant mix of architecture, culture, and often are non-commercial. This gives these areas an alternative image which attracts younger market segments. So the recycling of older and industrial buildings continuing on. Seems to us that whether it's the Shinola Hotel in Detroit or the TWA Hotel at JFK Airport or the Leica Hotel in Germany, this repurposing of interesting architectural landmarks offers hospitality tabletop suppliers great opportunities to develop products that will reinforce these hotels' brand imaging. And that brand imaging goes on within both the hotel's food and beverage regular outlets, but also the banquet and event room spaces, and even in their room service as well. And of course, wherever interesting new hotels come in, they raise the bar on food and beverage. And you can bet that creative restaurants will come along as well, bringing with them their food-obsessed and artistic followers all giving the hospitality tabletop suppliers many more opportunities to once again prove the adage that tabletop matters. You can always check out more of what's happening in the world of hotels by going to Hotel Management Magazine's website. That's hotelmanagement.net. And in our first product segment this week, we recently saw the new Vesuvius Reactive Glazed Inware from Steelite International during its launch at the National Restaurant Association show in Chicago. And all we can say is wow. With three incredible colors to choose from, there's amber, there's lapis, and there's burnt emerald, the new Vesuvius from Steelite will instantly grab the attention of anyone who has their meal served on it. And no matter which of the three colors you may choose, the very natural look that results from the use of reactive glaze and the many variations that can come with it ensures that Vesuvius will be a great complement to a wide variety of foods and look great with nearly any menu item. And, as you know, the hallmark of dinnerware with reactive glazes is the many slight variations you get in color, which to me only adds to the organic look and the feel of your dinnerware. After all, do all your vegetables look exactly alike? I don't think so. And as always, even though they have great designs, Steelite is also all about practicality. That issue of practicality showcases itself in the new Vesuvius as it's part of the Steelite's performance line of dinnerware. And as you probably know by now, the company's collection of dinnerware products is designed to meet the most demanding standards of practicality and presentation. 
So when you choose a new Vesuvius dinnerware for your restaurant, you'll know that you'll be getting a product that offers both exceptional durability and an incredibly high aesthetic appeal. The new Vesuvius has coupe plates that range from 11 and 3 quarters in diameter all the way down to a 6 inch bread and butter. And they also have coupe bowls that range from 11 and a half inch down to 5. But there's also square and rectangular serving trays as well, so you don't have to be settled right in on only round, uh, round serving pieces. And finally, one of the best aspects of the new Vesuvius dinnerware from Steelite is that its colors allow for maximum mixing and matching with other Steelite Performance Collection products, like their new Incline, for instance. Or you can simply add new Vesuvius to your existing white dinnerware to quickly and easily give your restaurant a new and fresh look all over your tabletop. You can check out the new Vesuvius dinnerware by going to the Steelite website, steelite.com. You'll be glad you did. And then our next product and supplier segment this week, Libby is an extraordinary hospitality tabletop leader that researches emerging food and beverage trends on a continual basis. And then Libby creates tabletop products that fulfill the demands of those trends as they come into the mainstream of today's hospitality industry. And in researching those trends, Libby shares what they learn from industry experts through their in-house publication called Professional Insights, all available on the Libby Food Service website. In short, Libby does a great job of taking the many mountains of seemingly disparate information on trends and they distill it down, down to practical and actionable pieces of relevant trend information that operators can rely on to help them increase their overall business and their profitability. In the latest professional insights from Libby, by the way, it comes out in four installments annually, the theme of this installment is what's old is made new. And since Libby is one of the world's preeminent glassware producers, the focus is on cocktail trends going retro and how to serve them in the perfect retro-style glassware. And just like Libby's ability to distill a wide variety of trend research and data down to simple, easy-to-understand pieces of information, they've taken that same approach to product development. For instance, instead of developing a retro glassware line with a dozen or more SKUs and complicating the decision-making for the operator, Libby chooses the shapes and the sizes of the glassware that makes the most sense. One of the latest examples of that is Libby's new The Gats glassware design. The award-winning Gats design is a combination of Art Deco glamour and modern style. And here's, here's the best. This design comes in just two sizes, a 9 and 3 quarter ounce rocks glass and 11 and 3 quarter ounce highball. Simple, straightforward, and on trend. In Libby's latest professional insights, there are a number of examples of that approach of keeping things simple, of distilling down trend information into usable and actionable information, then making the decision easy on which products to choose to take advantage of that trend. And it's all there in the current installment of professional insights from the hospitality tabletop leader, Libby Food Service. You can find Libby's, Libby's professional insights by going to foodservice.libby.com and then click on resources. Scroll down just a little bit and you'll see Libby Insights. Professional insights from a top industry leader, four times each year, and all simple and all straightforward. What could be better than that? Now 60 Seconds with Shannon, where Dave sits down with Shannon Talon of Edward Don Company and asks the question of the week. This week, Shannon talks about table linens. Are they the future or not? 
Hi, everybody. We're here with Shannon Talon again, and we're uh, Shannon, of course, is the rock star tabletop and category uh, tabletop and buffet wear category manager at Edward Don and Company out of Chicago. And we've got a little bit of a curveball right today for Shannon. Uh, Shannon, we know the question today is we know that table linens have, have declined and that more and more restaurants go without tabletops, these uh, tablecloths these days. But do you ever see the return of table linens in categories other than fine dining or, or maybe in uh, upscale hotels? You know, I think that what we're seeing that is more is interesting and compelling is really the rise of and proliferation of all the different furniture options in the industry, different finishes for tabletop, uh, for, for actual tabletops, you know, whether it's wood or some sort of faux material, uh, faux concrete, those kinds of things. So I think as the furniture category has evolved, that's also impacted the, the linen category. Um, in terms of, you know, sort of forward looking, I think that the linen category is always going to to be there, but I, I don't know that we'll ever see it make a resurgence to the place it was maybe 20, 30 years ago. I think there's a couple challenges with linens. It's one more step in setting your tabletop and making sure that it, it looks good and presentable to your customers. But operationally, it's a challenge as well. Um, if you purchase your linens from a distributor, you have to figure out how are you going to launder them and maintain them and uh keep them wrinkle-free and all those care and handling issues. Um, and if you are instead using a linen rental service, uh, you know, there is a significant cost, a consistent cost to that. You don't have control of the product. You, you know, it's up to the, the linen service company uh, to maintain that product. And, and so there's uh, a loss of control there for the operator. And so I just think it's a challenging category coupled with the fact that there's just so many fantastic options in furniture um, that I, I don't think one day we're going to see all these tables covered in, in, in linens again. There's a fit, but it's for the, for the right application. Wow, yeah, you're really right there because the furniture that I've seen, uh, I, we don't think of it very often in terms of that. When we talk about tabletop, it's usually china, glass, and silver kind of items and accessories. But the tables themselves have really come a long way in, the, in a very short period of time. And some of them are gorgeous and almost too good, uh, too nice looking to cover up. And they're really practical too, I think, aren't they? Uh, absolutely. There's such a variety of uh, price points uh, out there in the market now that that operators have have quite a lot of variety that they can choose from. And now, whereas furniture used to be a category that was just a necessity for your for your operation to function, now it's part of the aesthetic. It's part of the experience. It's part of the decor and the theme. Uh, and so, it's much more relevant um, from a, from a trend standpoint. So, uh, yeah, I think we're going to see that to continue. Absolutely. Now, here's Dave with this week's commentary. This week, Dave says thank you, and he expresses how grateful he is to the people that help make the Seat Yourself podcast the success that it is. As we reach the midpoint of 2019, I think this is a great time to say a few thank yous. Back in the beginning of this year, one of our commentaries focused on the issue of gratefulness. And believe me, I am more than grateful to so many of you for the continued success of, first of all, Tabletop Journal. By the way, we just celebrated eight years of preaching the gospel, the Tabletop Matters. And so to the readers of Tabletop Journal, I offer you a big thank you. But now we're also celebrating the 33rd episode of Seat Yourself. And I'm sure for many of you, podcasts would come quite easily and naturally, but not for me, your host. It's definitely been a learning curve, 
And it's not a quote unquote natural skill for me at all. And that's why I'm incredibly grateful for my friend and teammate, Derek, who is the behind the scenes talent here at Seat Yourself. Derek is a person who takes my sometimes gibberish and turns it into something that is somehow coherent and seems to make a little bit of sense. So after 33 episodes, I want to thank Derek for always having lots of patience and for making us look and sound as good as he always does. And for the past six plus months, a big thank you to the Edward Don and Company, and especially my partner, Shannon Talon. The team at Edward Don and Company took a chance on what I'm sure sounded like a crazy idea originally to them of sponsoring a podcast, and we're continually grateful for their strong support. The Edward Don and Company is coming up on its 100th anniversary soon, and that's pretty amazing. But companies, they're really just made up of people. And when you really come to know the people at Edward Don, you understand why they've been successful for nearly 100 years. But more importantly, you'll understand why they'll be even more successful in the next 100 years. And hey, it couldn't get any better than to have as a weekly partner someone who is as talented and as great a person as Shannon Talon. Those of you who are lucky enough to do business with her, you know what I mean. Straightforward and honest. That's what I love about working with Shannon. Shannon is simply the best. And for those of you listeners who wouldn't know this, Shannon's never ducked a question I've ever asked her, no matter how political or how tough it may have been. As I said before, always straightforward and always honest. And then finally, my most important thank you goes out to you listeners, those of you who share the passion for all things tabletop and listen regularly to seat yourself. It is your passion that feeds ours here. Over all the episodes, our listenership has grown, and the comments that some of you have sent in saying how much you like this episode or this topic are all quite humbling, and are very much appreciated. I also want to let you know that we're going to now take the next two weeks off, but not to worry. We've got several special projects brewing, and we'll be devoting a lot of effort towards those and look forward to bringing in the news of those new projects very, very soon. And while we're doing that, your job is to catch up on any of the Seat Yourself podcasts that you may have missed. You can do that by going to SeatYourselfPodcast.com. Thanks again. Back to you on July 29th. As always, I want to thank the Rockstar Category Manager, Shannon Talon, for joining us again today. And of course, I want to thank you, our listeners, for joining in as well. And finally, I want to thank the Edward Don and Company for sponsoring in part this episode of Seat Yourself. Edward Don and Company, everything but the food for nearly 100 years. And remember, be sure to check out their most recent tabletop advisor. You can download it from their website, www.don.com. Just go to their homepage and scroll down to the publications section. And there you'll find their latest tabletop advisor and all the publications that Edward Don and Company makes available to help food service and hospitality operators be so successful. We'll see you next time, but always remember, Tabletop Matters. That concludes this week's episode of Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series. For more news, information, and insights on the hospitality tabletop industry, be sure to check out tabletopjournal.com.